Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winter Fame. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Pashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestian Echo. The Entolamaginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. My name is Aveen. I'm 29. I live in Dublin. Got my first job out of my master's and it was going really well. And then, yeah, I got a message pop up on my phone. A friend of mine. And she said, is that you I'm talking to on Tinder? And I was like, what are you talking about? It freaked me out. I woke up on a Sunday morning and I opened up a voice message from a girl on Instagram. And it was not a very happy person on the other end of that message. I knew at that point it couldn't have been a joke. They sounded like so serious and she kept saying my name, Aveen, Aveen. And it was really just that point that I was like, oh, this is really real. Why is this happening to me? Why are you doing this to me? And why am I the person that you are using to do this? So for the guts of a year, this person has been posing as you. Yeah, that I know of. I just got off the phone with the guards called them earlier on to make a complaint about me that I that I was wrongly accusing her I don't know what to do I'm sorry my name is Aveen I'm an actor I'm also a producer I'm 29 since June I live in Dublin, have done for the last five years. Um, Just finished my master's, got my first job out of my master's and it was something that I was really aspiring to do and it was going really well. I was on um, my first shoot actually in my new job when all of this transpired. Um, So I honestly wasn't really thinking about anything else except for the job at hand. And I happened to be doing a documentary about dogs at the time. So I was in a dog shelter and I was a bit distracted with that. Um, And then, yeah, I got a message pop up on my phone. This was last October. You You got a message from someone. Yeah. And it was a bit of a strange message. Yes, um, and it was from somebody I didn't know. So it went directly into my requests. It was on Instagram and it went into my message requests and it was from a very nice girl. And she said to me, um, Avian, I'm really sorry that I have to deliver this news to you. But um, I think somebody's using your images on Tinder um, to impersonate you. 
And she didn't include a picture of me in the in the message. So I didn't see what the profile was or anything like that. And she said, judging by your profile, I see you're in a relationship. So I think it's not you that is uh, behind this. And I said, thank you so much for bringing this to my attention. And I continued with my day. And I had a laugh about it. And actually, I happened to get pictures of the profile later on that day and I popped them up on my own Instagram. I did think it was funny. Yeah. yeah which is yeah. probably a you normal know, response. It had happened to a couple of my friends before that their pictures had been used on Tinder or different dating websites, but they never used their name. Um, and so, this person did use your real name. Yes. And that's how the person who contacted me at first found me because they were using my real name. Of course, that's the first kind of red flag, I suppose. But I just put it away and got on with my day. As I said, I was on set, so I was preoccupied with other things. I think it was a couple of weeks later, I got a message from a friend of mine. And she said, is that you I'm talking to on Tinder? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, is that you? I don't think that it, that it's you. It doesn't sound like you. And I said, no, it's not me that you're talking to on Tinder. And again, we were having a laugh about it. We thought it was kind of funny. And then that person organized a date with my friend. My friend was like, let's see how long I can keep it going. Let's see what I can get out of this person. The person on the other end organized to go on a date with my friend in a cafe that is literally yards away from my home. So, sorry, this person was using your real name your yeah. real photos and was also using a date location close to your real home. Yes. Yeah. A cafe that's like quite close to my home, which I would go to, like I'd frequent. I get coffees there all the time. And this was kind of just after lockdown. And it was, you know, at that time where coffee shops were the only places that we could go to. And I used to go there like all of the time um, to get coffee. And uh, yeah, it freaked me out. So I called the, the guards that day, I think. And I mentioned it to them and I got through to a really nice female Garda. And she said, come down and make a statement or come down and chat to us in the Garda station. And to be honest with you, at that time, I was like, OK, well, it hasn't gone far enough that I feel like I need to do that. So I sort of left it there. But then a few days later, I got another text from another friend. It was actually another Instagram message. And she said, oh, is that you? And I said, oh, this is happening again. And I said, no. And I explained the situation to her. And she said, oh, yeah, I know some other person that actually also matched with you. And they were chatting to you. These are like, this is multiple Avines out there now on yeah. Tinder matching with people. Well, it might have just been the same one, but multiple people were matching with that Avine profile. So they were having multiple conversations with people. And it just so happens that Dublin is so small mm -hmm. that I happened to know two or three of them. And so at that point, I was like, this is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I was really planning on going in to speak to the guards again. Time was just getting away from me. I was really busy with work and I was kind of thinking to myself, well, that's kind of creeping me out, but it's not really gone to the point now where I feel like I'm in danger or anything like that. And I was speaking to a friend of mine and he was saying, well, they don't know if you live there. You know, they might live nearby or, you know, they 
they don't know where exactly you live, even if they do know the okay. general area. So I was kind of saying, well, okay, you're probably right. That brought me up to sort of November time and it was kind of just before Christmas. And I woke up on a Sunday morning and I opened up a voice message from a girl on Instagram and it was not a very happy person on the other end of that message. It was, this is somebody you'd never spoken to before that you were aware of. Yeah. And you, you'd got a, so it was a voice memo that this person had sent on Instagram. So what were they, what, why were they so angry at you? Apparently I'd accused them of being inappropriate with them, that I'd accused them of like giving out to them and I'd accused them of being drinking and being violent. They didn't sound threatening, but they sounded very angry and upset. After you sent me that take care, you blocked me. So you tried to make me believe that I was aggressive and I scared you from those messages, from those messages like, wow. I have no words. I look back through our whole conversation and I know it was scary or could have scared you or was aggressive. And because I'd had a few drinks, you made me believe that I was aggressive and I scared you. Like, what type of person are you, Avine? Like, that's, that's fucked up, like. <sighs> Unmatch me, unblock me all you want, but, like, we both know that I wasn't in the wrong here. Like, how dare you make me believe that I was... I don't think that it was aggression. It was more just like frustration and upset. I felt really bad for the person who was on the other end of the message. And they sounded really serious. Like I knew at that point it couldn't have been a joke yeah. because they were they sounded like so serious. And she, she kept saying my name. Uh, and over and over again, she was saying my name, Avine, Avine, you're this, you said this. And it was really just that point that I was like, oh, this is really real. So this person had met, quote unquote, Avine on Tinder, the catfish who was using your pictures and your name. She thought that she had been in some sort of relationship with you. Yeah. Um, that relationship obviously ended badly. And then because the catfish was using your real name, this person was able to find your real Instagram profile. Yeah. And like berate you for you apparently treating them badly in this in this kind of relationship. Yeah, I wouldn't know if it was a relationship or a fully fledged sort of thing. Yeah. It was really just a conversation that had been ongoing, I assume for an extended period of time to the point where that person felt irate enough to contact me and say what the hell? Like why would you treat me like that? Why would you talk to me like that? And in fairness to the person, let's call her Gillian. Um Gillian was so understanding immediately when I spoke to her and she sent me all of the screenshots of the pictures of my profile and she sent me the phone number that she'd been WhatsApping my catfish. You basically started getting more tip-offs from people yeah. uh, that they had seen your your catfish a lot on. It wasn't just one dating app, was it? It was a few. So it's been Tinder, Hinge and this other app called Her, which is this LGBTQ plus dating app. And that's where the most recent ones have been popping up. So you say the most recent ones. So for the guts of a year, this person has been posing as you. Yeah, that I know of. It's definitely been happening since last October. And how does that feel when you're aware that somebody is using your identity and the fact that you have no control over it? How does that make you feel? Um. So at the beginning, I felt a little bit afraid of what that person might have been saying to other people about me. 
There, you, you hear so many stories about like, you know, what is she saying? Is she going to say something outrageously racist or homophobic? Or is something going to affect my career? Uh, which is, again, something that I have to be hyper sensitive towards because, again, Dublin is so small and the industry I work in is very small. So that crossed my mind definitely a few times. And then as time went on, I just started to become a little bit desensitized to it in the way that I became a little bit more focused on finding out who was actually doing it to me rather than what they were doing. Because I think it became, it started to feel like a more centered, more personal attack as time went on. Um, and it definitely happened to other people as well. But it, it felt very like, um, very pointed at times. And then that was really what was kind of driving me to find out who was doing it. Because at that point, I knew who I was. And I think everyone I cared about knows who I am. I don't think that if that person had said anything that didn't align with my personality, that a lot of people would have believed it. Um, so that that quickly faded away. And what took over was this, I I suppose you could even call it like this preoccupation with why is this happening to me? Why are you doing this to me? And why am I the person that you are using to do this? And you did really well, like you put a lot of effort into trying to find out who this person was. And you mentioned before that you got a lot of support from other women who maybe encountered your catfish at the other side on the dating app. But mm -hmm. there is an individual who has kind of come to your attention that you think might be responsible. Can you tell me a little bit about what you learned about that person? It was probably back in January and February. Um, it started to get very intense, the catfishing or the the impersonation, you know, to the point where like a profile would come up in the morning, it would get reported, taken down, one would come up in the evening. I remember was I was on a train down to my home place and literally in the space of the train, like two profiles had popped up on different dating websites. Wow. And I'd been contacted by another individual who said, I think I haven't, I think I know that somebody might be doing this to you who has a pattern of this sort of behavior before. But I cannot say for certain, and I shouldn't say exactly who it is because it mightn't be them. This person who is targeting me and other women is obviously not in a, a very good place with themselves and their own identity. So I think that the person who came forward and said, I think I know who it is, was very mindful of that and knew that you can't just be going around throwing names out yeah, everywhere. Yeah. But because of the way that it was ramping up and because of the stress I felt I was under, I was putting that per person under pressure for at least some clues <laughs> as to who it was. So I got a clue that this person was in a, a sports club, a Dublin-based sports club. The people in the club had experienced similar behaviour at the hands of one of the members of the club or a former member of the club. So I contacted that club and I got put onto some women who were former members and they were very helpful in finding solutions, finding avenues that I could go down to possibly find out who it was and to make it stop. You were getting people telling you, you know, this person has been contacting me on this phone number and that phone number. Did yeah. you ever try to contact that person directly yourself? 
Yes, I did. Um, I actually worked with a group of other women to try and put together a message to send the individual who was suspected to be behind behaviour. And we tried to make it very respectful and sensitive towards that person. And it didn't really get us anywhere, to be honest. It actually didn't do me very good in the end because that person decided to not respond to me, but to contact the police about me. The person who stole your identity was posing as you online had reported you to the guards. Well, the person that we we suspect That you suspect. Yeah, the person that I contacted uh, called the guards about me and said that they didn't, didn't know anything about it, that they had nothing to do with it, that they didn't know why it was happening to them. How did that make you feel? Um, completely alone. <laughs> completely and utterly alone. Um, and also, I called the guards that day because that, that very day, I called the guards again after many, many times of contacting the guards, I called them again and I was met on the other end of the phone with absolute derision by this one Garda who said, oh, yeah, I got a call from somebody earlier and I think you know who it is, Avian. I think you know who it is. And he made me say that person's name. And so I said, yeah, is it this person? And he was like, yeah, I think that she's a decent person, Avian. I think she, I think you have another enemy I think you have another enemy who has a grudge against you. And at this point, I'd been through so much, like with the guards, that I just burst out crying on the other end of the phone. And he'd been hardballing me for like maybe two or three minutes at this stage. And I fell apart. I just got off the phone with the guards and called them earlier on to make a complaint about me. That I, that I was wrongly accusing her. Of something that she's not involved in. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry about this message. I'm sorry. If that person's not the person who I think it is, then who is doing this to me? Who is this enemy you describe to me? Who's this person who's organizing these dates down the road from my gaff? And, you know, like posing as me, because if it's not the devil I know, then it's the devil I don't. And I like, I don't know what's going to happen to me then. And he was like, oh, well, you know, if you ever feel unsafe, just give us a call. And I was like, I'm calling you now. I feel unsafe. Like, could you not just help me out now? And he was like, yeah, just come down to the station. And I was like, I've been to the station eight times and I have never once felt safe. Like, I've never felt like my problem has actually been taken seriously. And each time I go down to the guards, I have to re-explain my story to, to the new guard that's standing behind the desk. And I'm told that the guard that's dealing with my case is not there. And I've sent countless emails to these people. You know, I only ever got one email back from the guards. And I only got, got like two phone calls back from the guards. The guard that was dealing with my case was the only person I could talk to. I called the guard superintendent. I called every guard station in my area. I, I had one guard station very close to my home. I called another guard station in the next, you know, jurisdiction down. I called the guard superintendent. I called the guard station in town. I called everywhere. And they said, no, sorry, there's nothing we can do. You have to talk to the guard in question. But every time I called, he would either be in court or he wouldn't be there. He'd be helping somebody else. And I'd have to re-explain my story to the new guard that I was speaking to. And they'd just say, you have to wait for him to come back. So you've made it crystal clear 
that you do not know for a fact who is behind this, but you do have a reasonable suspicion about somebody and the person that you suspect is a woman. Yeah. Do you think that that has had any effect on the response or maybe lack of response from the guards? Absolutely. I feel like if I had gone to the guards and said that somebody is impersonating me and making me feel unsafe, and I believe that person to be a man, I think they would have definitely at least been more interested in getting to know the specifics of the case. They probably would have questioned me more about people that I knew who might have a motive to do such a thing, like an ex-boyfriend or, you know, a man that I had wronged in some way. But yes, because it was a woman, I think they were far less interested. And that's again why I think that one guard was very keen to let it be an issue that I resolved myself. Like, I think he just wanted me to go away and do it myself. Like, as in go and talk to her and have it out with her. You know, that we were having some kind of argument and he was passing it off as that being some personal issue that I had to resolve myself. So he definitely wasn't taking it seriously at all. And do you have any idea why this person is doing this to you? No, no idea. At one point, there was a lot of people saying, like, take all your photos down from online, delete all your your Instagram, delete your Facebook, delete everything. And so I was like really toying with that idea, but I have a career which is directly linked to my image and my online presence. So it sort of like crossed my mind for a second. And then I said, you know, why should I? Why should I do that? But I I think because I do have an online presence, not a huge online presence, like I have a very average, like, you know, amount of followers on every social media. But because of what I do, I my picture is existent online um, in many different areas. Like if you Google my name, I come up. So it could be as simple as that. It could be as simple as I could have friends in common with that person, you know, like Facebook friends in common with them. They went on a rabbit hole one night, managed to find my profile. But then that links, that leads me to another question, which is how do they know where I live? Like, how do they know the general area of where I live? Do they find me online and then see me in real life and then the fixation began? Or do they see me in real life and find me online? That is what we find out tomorrow on Cruel Intentions, Catching the Catfish, Part 2. And we hear the lengths to which Avine goes to find the person who is trying to steal her identity. Maybe you've had a similar story to Avine, or maybe you might know who Avine's catfish is. You can share your story with us here at the Indo Daily by emailing podcasts at independent.ie. If you've been affected by the story, you can check out a list of helplines at independent.ie forward slash getting hyphen help. This podcast was presented and researched by me, Ellen Coyne, produced by Gareth Mulhall, with sound by John Smith and Gavin Hennessy.